Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Thankful for what God is doing here in this church. Can I get an amen? He's still calling people and still changing people's lives. Uh, I want you to go ahead and turn in your Bible this morning to the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 2. I'm going to be preaching to you, uh, verses 1 through 12. And I've titled my message this morning, All In, All In. Say, All In. You're either all in or you're all out. Which one are you? All in. I heard two that said I'm all in. That worries the pastor now. Are you all in? All in. Because you know what Jesus said? He says if you're lukewarm, he'll spit you out. So we need to be all in for the kingdom of God and all in for uh, serving God and uh, being used by him. And that's what I want to take time this morning to talk to you about is about being all in. We're living in some days where we can't be straddled defense. We need to be in for God, okay? You can't serve two masters. You can't keep one foot in the world and one foot over here in the kingdom of God and expect God to bless your life. Can I get an amen there? So uh, today, out of this passage I'm going to read to you, uh, we're going to see what it means to be all in. So uh, Mark chapter 2, the gospel of Mark and this is recorded in Matthew and Luke as well, but I, I like this story here, uh, the way Mark records it here in the gospel. Uh, so I'm going to read this to you, and you follow along with me. Everybody there? All right. It says here in Mark chapter 2, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four of them. Since they could not get to him, get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Get up and take your mat and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of all of them. And this amazed everyone. And they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this day, God. We worship your name and declare your glory today. We thank you for your word, Lord. 
We thank you for your infallible and errant word, God, and its truth that sets us free. And we pray right now, God, for your anointing as it's declared. We pray for your anointing as it's received. And God, help me as uh, the preacher of the word, God, to preach in love, God, and to preach with the power that comes uh, with your Holy Spirit operating in my life. Take full control of my life right now. Taking full control of everyone here in this worship center, Lord. And may you be glorified in everything that's said and done. And we're going to praise you, Lord, and give you thanks. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 What a powerful story uh, I just read to you from the Gospel of Mark. It's one of my favorite stories. I've uh, preached uh, different messages out of it uh, in many different ways as God has shown me. But today I want us to focus on this passage because it shows us what it looks like to be all in as followers of Jesus Christ. And I pray that I'm talking to a room full of people who are followers of Christ who are all in for His glory. How many of you are thankful this morning that God went all in for you by sending His Son Jesus to die on the cross for you? Hallelujah. I'm glad that on the way to the cross he didn't change his mind said, I don't think I'm going to go all in today. I'm glad he went all the way and all in for he done that because he loved all of us so our sins could be forgiven. And that love that was demonstrated on the cross at Calvary, that love should motivate all of us today as followers of Christ. It should motivate us to be all in, all in with our time, all in with our talents, all in with our treasure because we're living in the last days, very urgent times, and it's no longer time to play games. It's time to be all in. Yes. And let me ask you this morning again, are you all in? Are you all in for the things that move the heart of God? Let me tell you what moves the heart of God. What moves the heart of God is seeking the lost. Because Jesus says, I've come to seek and save the lost. Let me tell you what moves the heart of God. Serving the suffering. Because Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but I come to serve others. Those are the things that move the heart of God. And we're never more like Jesus than when we're out there seeking the lost and when we're out there serving the suffering. How many of you want to be like Jesus? I know I do. I know I do. I think sometimes, and I, I put it on a slide up there, I may have it all messed up. I don't know, the Lord changed everything around about 10 o'clock last night. I apologize, you guys are doing a great job. Thank you. But you know what? I think we can be guilty sometimes of this right here, that, we, that we'll get on our knees or we'll stand somewhere and we'll begin to pray and we'll pray just like we were praying around the altar. And we need to pray, praying that God would move. God, I need you to move in my family. I have lost people in my family. Move in my friends that are lost. I want you to move, God. And I believe God's praying, I want you to move. I, I want you to move. I mean, I've already done the work. I'm, I'm calling you now to move toward them and, and be a light and go all in and, and seek the lost and serve the suffering so I can use you. Don't you believe God might be praying that too? I want to be used by God. I heard a preacher say this, that a church that fails to evangelize will be a church that will fossilize. And God forbid that we fail to evangelize, that we wake up every day with one mission on our mind, and that is to go out and to seek the lost and to serve the suffering and try to reach as many people for Christ as we can, that we can bring them to Jesus. And that's what I love about this story here in Mark chapter 2. It's about getting someone to Jesus. It's about a group of people who were all in doing whatever it takes to get this man to Jesus. So I just want to take a few minutes and, 
and begin just to break down these verses and go through them and let the Lord speak to us uh, about being all in. Say all in one more time. All All in. Now, when you read this story, you see at the very beginning in verse 1 and 2, it says uh, that Jesus is in a house. Now, we don't know whose house. Many believe it might have been Peter's house or Peter's mom's house, but it doesn't matter. And, And there's a sermon right there. It's always good to have Jesus in your house. And you need Jesus in your house. We need him in the church house. We need him at our house. We need him wherever we go, the schoolhouse. We need Jesus there because when Jesus is there, it will draw a crowd and people's lives will be changed. Can I get an amen on that? Jesus was in the house. And when Jesus is in the house and when he's exalted and when he's lifted up, uh, people will draw unto him and they will find uh, hope in him. And that's what we saw here around this altar as we sang about him and lifted him up through worship. But it says there was no more room, not even outside the door. There was no more room at that house for anybody to get in. And friend, listen to me. We we get to a place here where it gets full, but we got to make sure that we always make room for other people to come in. That we got to do whatever we have to do to make room, whether it's build another facility or whether it's to expand the overflow parking. That we're going to do whatever we got to do to make more room because there's people out there that need Jesus. And then it says that even the doorways were blocked. Even the doorways were blocked. They couldn't even get in through the doors, friend. And God forbid, may our doors always be open to all people. It don't matter who they are. It doesn't matter who they are. If they don't look like you, talk like you, smell like you. It don't matter if they're in the upper class, lower class. Our doors are open for everybody to come in and get to Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. So God help us today. And it says that when he was in there, that he began preaching the word. Jesus was a preacher. And he was preaching the word to him. He was preaching the word. The word is standing before him preaching the word. And he's preaching to him. And and he's preaching to him about the kingdom of heaven. And he's preaching to him about hell. And he's preaching to him about how they need to repent and turn from sin and turn to God. He's preaching to them about uh, being salt in the world and being light in the world. He's preaching to them about taking up a cross and following Him. He's preaching to them about a day that's coming when He'll be sacrificed. He's preaching to them about a, a resurrection power that's going to raise Him from the dead. And faith in Him will bring you everlasting life. He's preaching to them. He's preaching to them the Word. And people are gathered around to hear Him. Let me tell you what, He's not in there preaching. Let me tell you what, he's not in there preaching. He's not in there standing before all them people and he's not saying, if you'll send me a $300 seed offering in 30 days, a blessing is going to follow you and knock on the door and bless you. He's not preaching that. He's not standing up before these people and he's not saying that uh, you're the victor, not the victim. He's preaching to them the word of God and they need to turn from sin and turn to God because the kingdom of heaven is near. He's preaching to them. Can you imagine, friend, can you imagine somebody like John the Baptist that's locked away in prison and he knows that he's about to be beheaded by King Herod and he's there and he's locked away and then he looks up and he says, if I'd have just gave that $300 seed offering, maybe today I would have got my blessing. It's foolish. Can, can you imagine Stephen when he takes a stand for God and they're throwing those rocks and stones at him? Uh, I wish I'd have declared with my mouth that I'm no longer the victim, but I'm the victor. It's crazy. 
It's a false teaching that's permeated the church in America, friend. It's a prosperity gospel. And yes, God will bless you. And when he blesses you, praise God and thank you that he does. But you know what? There's going to be some times when it rains on the just and the unjust. You look at Paul's life. And you'll see evidence there. Paul said, listen to me. When I preach, I preach nothing but Jesus Christ crucified. He's not out there preaching some of this stuff that you hear on television. And if you're watching, if I was you, I'd turn the TV off and throw it in the yard. I feel the same way. Makes me want to cry. So they get there and Jesus is preaching to them. And he's preaching to them about their souls. He's preaching to them about their life being changed, about eternity. And then we see all of a sudden that there's these, these four men that are, that are bringing this man to Jesus and there's some commotion going on. And you can imagine some, some kind of dust and some things and particles falling from the ceiling. And So who is this man on the mat? It's a, it's a paralytic man. The Bible says that he's paralyzed. He's crippled in life and, and he's hopeless and he's helpless. And, and that was bad. That was bad. But you know what? That wasn't his main problem. His main problem is he was lost in sin. He was lost in sin and he needed to be saved. Do you know in 1912 when the sinking of the Titanic happened? That when word started traveling back to England that the boat had uh, gone down and had sunk. That people who were the relatives began to panic. And right there in London they put up a, a huge chalkboard. And on that chalkboard they were, they were receiving information about uh, who made it and who didn't make it. And they wrote on there lost. And they wrote on there saved. And they would take the name and put lost. And they would put on this side saved. And that just tells me there's really only two types of people in the world. You're either lost. Or you're either saved. Which one are you this morning? Which one are you this morning? Are you, are you lost in sin and away from God, rebelling against God? Or are you saved because of the redeeming power of Jesus Christ to set you free from all sin and forgive you? You're either lost or you're saved. I wonder how many people walked into this church this morning like that paralyzed man and, and, and sin has you crippled. You're paralyzed because of your condition. I want to tell you some good news today, friend. Some good news is that Jesus has the power to save you from your sins and give you new life again. You're never too far gone. I bet this guy on this mat thought, you know what? I'll always be like this. I'll never get any better. I can't see how my life can change. I'm sure he wrote himself off thinking I've gone too far. Friend, listen to me this morning. You're never too far gone for Jesus Christ to save you and turn your life around. Never. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, he can still turn you around. Hallelujah. I can look around right now and just see different ones that, man, I bet somebody had written you off. I know they have. But God got a hold of your life and turned you around. Now your feet are on a solid ground. You're working and serving Jesus Christ and your life has been changed for his glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to tell you this morning that God loves you. You know how I know God loves you? It says in Romans 5, 8, 9 that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. Listen, while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Friend, it's the blood of Jesus Christ that justifies you from all the guilt so you will never have to experience the wrath of God in your life. That's why you should clap your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. 
How many of us this morning, though, think about it? This man being carried on the mat, how many of you have somebody like that in your life? Somebody that they're living in sin and they're confined to this mat that has really tried to create that person's identity. It might be the mat of despair. It might be the mat of addiction. It might be the mat of rejection in your life. The mat of hopelessness. I'm just here to tell you, friend, this morning that we all have people we care about and love that are laying on a mat this morning and they need somebody to help them get to Jesus. We know people in this community that are lost in sin. Miss Robin ran a report this past week and did you know from the information that we gathered, five miles around this church right now, there's 3,000 people that say they're unchurched and they don't know Jesus Christ. Friend, we got a work to do. We got to work. There's people out there all around us that are lying on a mat and they need somebody to come grab a corner and help them get to Jesus so they can be forgiven of sin and their life can be changed. The question is this morning, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? There's 3,000 people all around us. There's people all throughout the world that are lost and without Jesus. What are we going to do about it? Well, we're going to do exactly what these four men did. We're going to come alongside and we're going to grab somebody's corner and we're going to help them get to Jesus. Can I get an amen, please? These men, these four men, they convict me, really. They inspire me, but at the same time, they convict me because of their, their attitude, their never-give-up attitude, their faith. When you look at these men, what you see is some men that are concerned and they're compassionate and they're committed. They're, they're looking for needs they can meet somewhere around them in their life. And, and they're filled with love and they're doing whatever they can to help somebody. And they're laboring and they're laboring so they can make a difference for God. God, let this church be filled with people who are concerned and who are compassionate and who are committed and being all in for the kingdom of God. God, help us to have a concerned and compassionate heart and be committed as followers of Christ. Something I want you to notice here is it says that some men, it doesn't give nobody's name at all. And I think there's a reason for that. They don't need any glory for what they've done. God has purposely left out their names because you know what? There's going to be a day that comes when we all get to heaven and receive rewards. And there's going to be people there that we didn't know any idea about who are always behind the scenes who are going to get better rewards than we will. Some of them, some of them will. And we never knew who they were. There were unknown soldiers marching in God's army. People who were praying behind the scenes. People who were working behind the scenes. People who were witnessing behind the scenes. They're going to be, receive many rewards. And I heard David Jeremiah say this. How much more could we accomplish for the kingdom if we would stop worrying about who's going to get all the credit? Come on, that's a hand clap worthy right there, isn't it? These men, these four men, they were more concerned about Jesus being glorified instead of their names being put in the spotlight. It was all about getting this man to Jesus because he is the only one that can change your life. The main thing was to get the man to Jesus. And the main thing for this church is to get people to Jesus. To get them to Jesus. That's why we're over there on the soccer field, John. That's why we're over there, our upward team. To get them to Jesus. That's why we're here on Sunday mornings with the doors open, ready to praise Jesus so we can get people to Jesus. So they can have their sins forgiven and their life can be transformed. I, I declare it to you today. Listen to me, friend, please. We, we, we are committed to getting people to Jesus because somebody could die this week. 
We're committed to getting people to Jesus because somebody could tragically be killed this week. And I'm not trying to put fear in your heart, but I've been in it long enough now. I know you never know what kind of phone call you're going to get. That friend, that loved one, the one that's on the mat that you care about, that's confined to a mat of sin and confined by their circumstances, friend, there's no promise for any of us tomorrow. Well, why don't we have a concern? Why don't we have a compassion? Why aren't we committed enough to get to them and do whatever we can to get them to Jesus? God, help us. God, help us to get our loved ones. Help us to get them to Jesus. We're all in. We're all in because people are dying in sin and they're on their way to hell. That's why we're all in. God has called us to be all in. And I don't want to sound hard because I, my prayer this morning was, God, let my heart be filled with love because I want our church to be used by God in these last days. Listen, friend, we're, we're, we got one of the greatest opportunities in front of us that we've ever had in these last days, and that's to go forward and make a difference in reaching souls for the kingdom. We have a great opportunity. But let me tell you something this morning. Where there's a great opportunity, there's going to be opposition. When there's a great opportunity, there's going to be opposition. Let me tell you some of the opposition they faced. I want to go ahead and warn you this morning, when you make that decision that you're going to be all in, the devil is going to fight you all the way. Every demon from hell is going to try to prevent you from doing what God's called you to do. I could give you a list. Good. Now, man, Lord, is this from you, Lord Jesus? Please help me right now. This, this past weekend... Lisa and Lucas were out of town. Caden was away doing some stuff, and, and I had got up early, and I was just praying, God, give me just a, a fresh encounter with you today, a great outpouring of you today. And, and I got up that morning and got my Bible and went there in my little place where I like to get along with God, and there's a little lamp in there, and I pulled a string, and the whole string came out of the lamp. I was like, devil, you're not going to win. And then it was like one thing right after the other kept happening, trying to prevent me from getting in that place where I needed to hear from God. And that just tells me, friend, when there's opportunity, the devil will bring opposition. But I got good news for you. Jesus says, I'm building my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We will win. We will go forward. Hallelujah. But just look at some of the obstacles that they had to face. Before I share this first one, I need to go ahead and ask this side over here to say, Grace. And this side's mercy. I can't hear you. Praise God. So these men had an obstacle they needed to face. They had something they ran into. And, and what are the obstacles here? We see one of them is a group of people. It says they were trying to get this man to Jesus, but there was a crowd of people. Not just any crowd, but in my eyes and from what I read, I would say that's a selfish crowd of people. I wonder how many times on the way over there, how many people actually walked by this man that was, that was lying there on the mat, confined to it, nobody willing to grab a corner. They just kept right on walking until they could make sure that they were in God's house. And all they were doing was thinking about their self. I'm all in. I'm all in as long as it don't inconvenience me. I'm all in as long as I make sure I get my blessing. Ooh, that was weak. Thank you, mercy. Thank you, grace. They were all in. They were all in for self. They were all in. And listen, friend, we live in a world today that is a selfish world. 
We live in a selfie world too. We live in a selfie world. All you got to do is look at Facebook and you'll know that we live in a selfie world. And it's flowed right on over into the church. And now we have a church now, and I'll say a church here in America. We have a church now where people come to church and, and you're all in as long as it blesses you. Uh, you're all in as long as the sermon is good to you. You're all in as long as the songs are songs you like. You're all in when it's about you. And you get your eyes off of Jesus and now everything has become about you. We live in a selfie world and it's poured over into the church. If you don't believe me, you can look on social media now and, and you can even see God's people. I'm talking about God's people now. God's people with, with, the, with the phone up. And, and listen, I understand. I like taking pictures of my family I understand if you got a new hairdo, it's good to take a picture. I do that all the time. <laughs> what are y'all laughing about? <laughs> but but, but li listen to me. I'm talking to God's people now. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I love putting family up there. I, I love seeing that things we can celebrate. But nobody wants to see you up there with your half-naked body looking at the beach. You got my keys. <laughs> Listen to me. I know it's your happy place. I know you love it, but nobody don't want to see you. But is in a bikini from down there all the way to your toes, looking at the beach. I'm talking to God's people now. God's people. No, nobody don't want to see you uh, hold up your phone and take a selfie all the way down your blouse, showing all your cleavage. Nobody don't want to see that. No, nobody don't want to see you standing in front of the mirror flexing arms about that size right there with no shirt on. Nobody don't want to see that. I'll tell you, I'm serious. It bothers me. You can ask Pastor Kevin. Before we hired Pastor John, we were interviewing some folks and, and uh, we had some great candidates that came forward that wanted to be interviewed for the youth pastor position. And when we would finish meeting with them, I would go right straight to their social media account and I would never call their names, but I pulled up one of the guys we interviewed, and the first thing I saw was a bird chest and bird arms looking like this right here in front of a mirror. No shirt on or nothing. I said, I ain't having that. I can tell you that. Not going to have it. John? He's over there trying to flex now. Look at him. Listen, I know that probably sounds hard. I know it sounds old-fashioned, but God says, Be holy, for I am holy. He says, listen, be light to the world. Be salt to the world. And when you're out there just letting everything flaunt and hang out, friend, that's not glorifying God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's move on. So listen to me, friend. They, they had a, this crowd had a selfish attitude. Listen, selfish people that had an opportunity to be a blessing. Don't, don't let your selfish life become a barrier from keeping people to getting to Jesus. Let me say that again. Don't let your selfish life become a barrier keeping you from getting people to Jesus. Where it's all about you and your eyes are always on you and this conversation is always on you. This story is always about you and you're never about anybody else around you trying to help them and serve them. We're going to move on. Jesus says, I come not to be served, but to serve others. 
And these four men had to get past this selfish crowd. They had to get past this selfish crowd, and they went up, and guess what? Now they encounter a, a roof that they got to go through. They had to raise the roof on that place, and they began to lower this man down on a mat. They were all in. They had a, they had a never give up. They said, I'll never uh, give in. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get this person to Jesus, and it was because they had a love for this person on that mat. Now, I don't know if it was a family member. I don't know if it was a friend, but all I know is they grabbed the man's corner and they got him to Jesus. They got him to Jesus. And he could have been a friend. He could have been family. But let me ask you this. Let's apply this to our life today. Here you are and you're walking down the street and you're headed to church and and, and there's somebody there and it could be a family member and it could be a friend. I mean, I would easily grab their corner because I want them to be saved. But let me ask you this. What if it was a black man or a brown man or a white man? Would you pick the corner up then? What if it was a gay man? What if it was a Muslim man? What if it was your ex-wife or your ex-husband? What, what, if, what if it was that hateful boss? Would you be willing to pick up, pick up the mat then and carry him to Jesus? Because everybody needs Jesus. Everybody. Nobody is our enemy. Jesus died for everybody so they could be saved. They were all in. And when you're all in, you'll do something. Say, do something. Do something. Everybody in this church should be doing something to get people to Jesus. Maybe it's to serve in the nursery. Maybe it's to serve as an usher. Maybe it's kids' church. Maybe it's to join in prayer, praying for lost souls. But everybody should be doing something. we got to be doing something. All in means you're going to do something. You may have to come to two services. God forbid I had to give God two hours and He gave His life for me. Boy, I'm blessed pastor to serve this church. I really am. You may have to give somebody a ride to church. You want to get somebody to Jesus, it may inconvenience you. And you may have to go out of your way to pick up somebody and bring them to church. You, you may have to buy them lunch. You may have to slide over in the pew to make room for them. Guess what? No signed seats at my first PA's church. Slide over, make room. You may have to call somebody, text somebody, let them know you're thinking about them, praying for them. Yeah, guess what? You may actually have to get on your knees and begin to call them out to the Lord in prayer. Take some time and pray for them and believe God to intervene over their life. You may have to give your testimony. All in means you're going to do whatever, whatever it takes to get them to Jesus. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep doing whatever I got to do to see their life change. No excuses. I've heard them all, I can tell you that. Well, God can't use me because I'm too old or I'm too young. God can't use me because I don't have the education. God can't use me because I don't have this. Yada, 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 yada. When, when I hear people tell me that, all I hear is somebody telling me that they're not reading their Bible. Because if you read your Bible, you will see that Jesus says, I've chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He will take those that are the least and use them for his glory. How about this? Moses, he stuttered. Noah got drunk. Jacob was a liar. Jonah ran from God. Abraham was old. David was young. James and John, they were very prideful. Thomas doubted. And guess what? Lazarus was dead.
if, if, if God can use a dead man, to be sure he can use you. Hallelujah. Aren't you grateful today that God can use you? So they had to get past the selfish crowd. Lord Jesus, it's 1010. John 10, 10, Jesus said, I've come to give life and life more abundantly. He's come to give you life today. They had to work through the selfish crowd. They had to work through all the excuses. They had to work through the roof. They had to lower the man down to Jesus. And guess what? Jesus did a precious miracle in the man's life. Listen, sometimes I want to encourage somebody today. Listen to me. These men carried this guy through all this opposition and through all these obstacles. And that just tells me today, friend, that your burden will soon become your blessing. You hear me? I know some of you are carrying a burden for some people right now that are on a map. But don't give up on them. And you keep doing whatever it takes. And sooner or later, that burden is going to become a blessing. My question is, when, Lord? (laughs) Let it be so. So we encountered the obstacles, but there was one more obstacle that they encountered. And it says when the man was saved, that all of a sudden this religious crowd came forward trying to deny the power of God, claiming, who are you? You're blaspheming. Who are you to forgive sin? And that just tells me, friend, that there can be another opposition, and it can be a religious spirit. Where when we come to church and all we're focused on is going through the ritual and through the routine instead of focusing on having a relationship and communion with God. These men here are more focused on the Torah than they are the transformation. These men are more focused on following the Jewish customs than they are following Jesus Christ. Let me tell you today, friend, it's not about trying to get somebody to a church. It's it's not about trying to get somebody to a denomination. It's not about trying to get somebody to some kind of certain doctrine you believe. It's not even about trying to get them over there to some good food at the Connections Luncheon. It's about getting people to Jesus because he is the only person that can change them. He's the only one. He changed my life. But it took people grabbing my corner. Sometimes you got to take the corner of a map before the miracle comes. Lane Sutton, thank you for grabbing the corner of my mat. Thank you, sir. That man and another man by the name Gordy, and there's others in here that have impacted my life, but they were very instrumental in the very beginning of my life, grabbing my corner and getting me to Jesus. And I say, thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Pastor Kevin, if you'll come and please help me. <laughs> I just want to tell you right now that church, just like for these guys, it can get messy. It got messy going through that roof, and it's going to get messy in life. There's going to be some holes in the walls around here, and and there's going to be some stains on the floor. But God, let it be so as long as people are getting to Jesus. Let it be. It's going to be expensive. It's going to cost you something. It's going to be an inconvenience at times. You may even be criticized at times in your life. You may even have to come out of your comfort zone. But whatever you do, friend, you got to be all in in these last days so we can make a difference and get people to Jesus. you got to be all in. All in. And we see a miracle take place when they're all in. A life that's been changed. You know, the Bible says this, that faith without works is dead. 
Boy, you can claim to love God all you want, clap your hand, turn up the praise music all you want, get around here, shout and dance, have a good time. But my question is, who's the last person you witnessed to? Who's the last person you told about Jesus? Who's the last person that you told and shared the gospel about how Jesus died on the cross? To me, all that other stuff, I mean, if you're not doing that, I'm, I, I, my question is, maybe you need to ask God to check your heart. I pray that God will raise up some unknown soldiers in this place right now. Let me tell you something. There's nothing more that, that blesses a pastor's heart when he gets a call or has a conversation. And they're telling people in the church, saying, you'll never know what happened. I led somebody to Jesus. I heard Jennifer and Eddie. They led somebody to Jesus this past week. Friend, I get people in this church. I witnessed to somebody. I, I had a chance to serve somebody. I made a difference in somebody's life. Friend, every one of us need to be all in. All in. Doing something for God. And this is what's going to be said at the end. What did he say in the story? We've never seen anything like this before. We've never seen anything like this before. I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but good night. Johnny Kennedy's coming to your church. What's going on? We've never seen anything like this. Jimmy Coley is in your church. We've never seen anything like this. And you can say the same thing about you and you and you and what you've been through. And the testimony is going to be that we've never seen anything like this. We've never seen anything like this in our community. We've never seen anything like this in our church. We've never seen anything like this in our family. We've never seen anything like this in our life because we're all in for God. And we're going to see Him do His work and begin to transform lives. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. We're not finished yet. I told Pastor Kevin yesterday I wasn't going to preach long, and it's already 10 16. God forgive me. I, I wanted us to have some time of prayer at the end because in your bulletin today, you guys all received a card. It's called the invest and invite card right here. If you didn't receive it when you walked in, make sure you pick one up before you leave today. There's a place on the back of it here for five names. You may have more. I have ten on my top ten uh, most wanted list that I'm praying for every day. But uh, here's what we want you to do. We want you to write down those names of people that you are willing to invest prayer in Here's what you're saying. I'm putting five names on here, and I'm going to do everything I can to grab the corner to get them to Jesus. And then I want you to sign it and date it. And I want you to put it in your Bible, wherever it is that you get along with God and you read the Word. And every morning before you read or after you read, just, just do what I do. And it says, Lord, just open their eyes. I pray that salvation would come to them and they would be saved. And just keep praying for them and inviting them to church, and, and most of all, trying to get them to Jesus. And we're going to see God do a mighty work. Can, I say, can you say amen on that? Amen. So please, listen, it took a lot of work to put these in the bulletin, and we, we want you to really plug in and connect and write those names down and make this part of your prayer life so you'll be able to come to me at one point in time and say, you know what, one saved, two saved, three saved, four saved. And we're going to see God do something, and it's going to be said we've never seen anything like this before.
Because he has the power to change us. Would you bow your heads, please? Here's the question. I go back to the beginning of the sermon. There's two types of people in the world. Lost and saved. Which one are you? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you, have you come to a personal relationship with him where you put your faith in what he did on the cross at Calvary, believing he died for your sins to wash them away? And you believe in the resurrection that God used Jesus and raised him from the dead and he conquered death, hell, and the grave, and he is alive. And because he lives forever, now you can have everlasting life too. Have you made that decision to follow Jesus? Are you saved? Nobody looking around, friend, if you're here today and you need the pastor to pray for you because you're not sure about your soul. You're not sure. You're just not sure where you are right now spiritually with God. I want you to lift your hand right now so I, I know how to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you, I promise. Come on, obey God. Obey God. I'm here today and I'm not sure that I'm saved and I want to be saved. God, have your way. Have your way, God. Have your way. Have your way upon every heart. Upon every heart. Just call on Jesus now and ask him, say, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life now to be my Lord and to be my Savior. I confess my sins to you. I need you to come in now, Lord. I believe in the work of the cross. I believe you took my place and shed your blood so my sins could be washed away. I believe that you were resurrected from the dead. And by my mouth of confession in my heart, God, I call on you now to be my Lord and Savior in faith. I do it now because I need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let me just, listen, we're getting ready to leave out of here, but here's what I want us to do. How many of you got somebody in your life that's on a mat right now, that's on a mat, confined by sin? They're, 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 listen, they need to get to Jesus. Come on. Everybody should be raising their hand right now. Let's pray for them. We're going to worship in just a minute after this prayer, but let's pray for those ones on the mat right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we call out unto you right now. We call out to your name, God. You're the God of salvation, God. And we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. And today, God, we call out to those ones that are, that are on the mat, God, and they're confined, God, to sin. They're walking. They're lost in sin, God. And they need to get to you, God. Whether it be a brother or a sister, God, or an aunt or an uncle or a mom or a dad, a husband or a wife, God, or brother. God, just whoever it is right now, Lord, we just pray a stranger, God, whoever it is, God. We just pray, Lord, for our neighbors right now, God, that you would just begin to stir their hearts, Holy Spirit. Convict them of sin, Lord, and begin to draw them to you, God, and, and help us as your people, Lord, to be all in, that we won't judge them, Lord, and we won't uh, harp on them, God, and we won't nag them, God, but we will come with a heart of love and a heart of labor, God, looking for them, that we can grab their corner and get them to you, Jesus, so you can change their life. God, we need you, Lord. God, do a work in our life today as a church, God, that we would make a confession today, God, that we are all in, that we're willing to do something, God, to help somebody get to Jesus. And God, we pray for our families. We pray for the ones on our, our list, God, of names. And we believe, God, that you will be glorified as you transform their lives. And our testimony would be we've never seen anything like this before, God. And we give you all the praise and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name.